ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is episode 251. What is the show? The show is Beyond Synth. That's right, uh, the best synthwave chat show there is. And uh, today I'm going to be chatting with Kelly Besh, a.k.a. King Protea. And uh, if you've been paying attention the last few months, I had uh, Alphabet Zero on the show and Star Runner, and both of those artists featured Kelly's vocals, and I thought it would be a good uh, idea to chat with her and get her perspective on all this and see what uh, she's up to. And of course, she has another project, so she features on their albums as Kelly Besh, but she also has a more kind of synth-wavy project called King Protea, and you've probably heard her voice on other artists as well, and we're going to be playing some of those tracks later in the show. And... And uh, I have a bunch of music to play before we get to that and some emails to read. I think I have uh, an interesting selection this week, so I'll be curious to hear your uh, feedback. And uh, yeah, that's it. So let's get uh, let's listen to some music, get this show started, all right? So on the Beyond Synth Discord, there is a channel where people make music suggestions. And uh, someone posted a link from this guy called Devours, who I'd never heard before. And so I went and checked out his stuff. I listened to his new album iconoclast and i don't know what it is but i fucking love this album i thought it was awesome it's just a lot of fun uh cool sort of electronic kind of synth pop stuff but it's got like weird bass lines and things that just got stuck in my head and and cool choruses and stuff and so i dug it and i hope uh you dig it too and it's uh brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters we got some uh, new ones this week we have a new donation of the beast uh member that's the triple six uh pledged by no oh, fuck it. How do you say an A with two dots over it? God damn it. Hold on. How to pronounce A with two dots. German letter A with two dots. Phonetic symbol AI as in English. A as in say. German example nicht. So then that makes this Steger? All right. Unless you're one of those people who just puts two dots over the A because you think it's cool. Well, too bad. I'm going to pronounce it the way the internet just told me to. So thank you, Stager, for your support and uh, joining the Beyond Synth Patreon family. And we have another new donor here in the $10 Club, PAC. Now, do you want me to say PAC or PAC? I'm going to say PAC. And uh, I think he wrote in a letter. We're going to read that in a bit. And I would also like to report that Retro Serenade has upgraded his support. That's right, Retro Serenade is now in the $12 Club, a club in which he is the only member. And uh, thank you very much, all of you, for supporting the show. And now, listen to this awesome tune. This is Devours with Curmudgeon.
Georgia's the worst Who even needs to give a fuck about the 90s anymore Yet I can't get enough of it Remove my bones and shove me back inside my parents' VCR Guess I got what I wanted I dug my own grave And that was Curmudgeon by Devours. And that is a cool track. I dug the whole sound of this whole album. It was just uh, neat. I love all those weird bass lines where it's like... Like, I love all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yes. <laughs> that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about the kings of the Pattersons. Uh, you know who you are. Well, there's Chris Dance, Robert D. Bishop, and Mike Shima. You guys are amazing, all right? And, uh, of course, Mike Shima is uh, helping us currently on our Beyond Synth family show D&D game, and we are progressing on that very slowly, but it's happening. I think Florence and I sort of have our characters, and Mike and Marco still have to finalize theirs, but uh, that should be a, a good time when we finally get that started. So I would like to say the schedule for the show is going to be messed up for the next few weeks, okay? So As you know, if you've been listening, I have not been in the city for the past... since March. (laughs) And uh, we are going back uh, because the kids have to start school and my wife has to go back to work and it's going to be a very strange time. So the next few weeks are going to be pretty busy because we have to sort of organize our way to go back. And then once we get there, we have to do a whole bunch of organizing and uh, figuring things out and stuff like that in preparation for the school year, which I imagine will be one week before there's an outbreak and they send the kids home, but whatever. And that's the plan. And so I, you know, I have to reset my office. Everything has to be sort of like reestablished when we get back to our apartment. So what that means is the schedule for the show might be a little wonky. So next week's episode, if it feels a little late and you go, where the hell is the show? Just know that I am, uh, I got to set up a bunch of stuff and reestablish myself in my old 
office space and also start prepping for doing uh, live shows again, hopefully. And that's going to require some prep and all this other shit. So the point is, don't worry, there will be uh, more shows. It's just I got to, you know, get organized and all of that stuff. And on that note, let's listen to some more music, all right? And, uh, and then we'll read some, uh, some emails. So this, uh, this is a cool song. It's, uh, it's an artist called They Live. It's like they slash live. So I don't know if she says it as they slash live. I'm assuming it's just they live because that would be weird. I think I received like a promo email or something for this track months ago. And of course, I'm a very disorganized guy. And I just went through the playlist and I was like, what the hell is they live again? And I clicked on it. and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a really good song. Uh, Cool vibe. And uh, I hope you dig it. And it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there's the awesome Jose Arbello with the 66.6. The King of Hell. I don't <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Because obviously there's the donation of the beast, which is the triple six club. But if you're the 66.6, does that make you the king of that club? It makes you the king in my heart, Jose. That's all that matters. And uh, of course, the awesome Jacob Wick with the 4488. You guys are all amazing people. And now listen to this song. This is They Live With Gravity. I fell in love with the coldest man. Dilly froze me I tried to act just like everyone Until it broke me What if the world was splitting into two On what idea would you Gravity, but you don't 
was Gravity by They Live on her album Ablation. Ablation? Is that how you say that? Oh, fuck. I'm off to the dictionary again. Hold on. Define ablation. Do-do-do-do. Medical dictionary. I'm going to go to dictionary.com. The removal, especially of organs, abnormal growths, or harmful substances from the body by mechanical means, as by surgery. The reduction in volume of glacial ice. Aerospace, the erosion of the protective outer surface of a spacecraft or missile due to the aerodynamic heating caused by travel at hypersonic speed during re-entry through the atmosphere. Okay, so, I don't know this artist personally, so I don't know which version of ablation we're talking about here. Are we talking about removing organs? The reduction in volume of glacial ice? Or an erosion of the protective surface of a missile in space? Okay, I'm going to assume it's not the missile in space one. I think I watched the video. She seems like an artist type. So I'm going to suggest she seems like an artist type. So I am going to go with the removal of organs. <laughs> this is fun. Um, look. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, yeah. And they announced this thing months ago. And I think I forgot to talk about it on the show. Not that it's important. But um, they're doing a Shadow Man remaster. I think it's the same team maybe that's behind doing the, the Turok remasters. Turok 1 and Turok 2, and uh, I don't talk about it too often on this show, but uh, Shadow Man was a really cool game on the N64. I really dug it, and uh, I look forward to playing it again, because the, the team that put out Turok and Turok 2 on like the Switch, they did a really good job because they also added options, which in turn made the game better, so it wasn't just like a, a high-def re-release with all the problems, because I've... I don't know if I said this on the show, like a long time ago I did buy a used Xbox One and I picked up the Rare Replay collection because I, you know, like Perfect Dark and those games I love. And, you know, maybe this goes back to that track we listened to earlier by Devours, you know, about nostalgia and stuff. I had a startling revelation and uh, it is that Conker's Bad Fur Day, one of my favorite games of all time, is kind of unplayable now. Because, well, okay, it could be playable, but it would have required the same sort of effort that this team put into Turok 1 and Turok 2. Because the later levels of Conker's Bad Fur Day play like a third-person shooter, except the controls were designed for the N64, which means you're sort of like, you're strafing with the buttons, but you're moving around with the joystick, and it wasn't like dual analog, really. So there would be a way to augment the controls to make it control more like you would expect a third-person shooter to play, but... On the Rare Replay Collection, they didn't really add any additional controller options, so you pretty much just have to play it as it is. And unfortunately, that means that those later levels, I literally couldn't play them. Because you're supposed to make some precision shots, like you're shooting these zombie squirrels, and it just didn't work. And after a while, I was like, I I can't believe this is happening, but I actually can't play this. And it's like one of my favorite games of all time. So anyway, that's just a lesson for you all about nostalgia. Sometimes it sucks and it's a shame. But hopefully the Shadow Man remaster is good. Okay, now look, speaking of nostalgia, I've got a song here from John Cow. And uh, he makes uh, cool synth pop tunes. I think I've played one of his tracks on the show before. This one is also has the theme of nostalgia about going back to a simpler time. And it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 class. Club, of course, there is Hugh, Hefna, and Lucas Ceballos, the coolest kids in town in the 2666 Club. All right, now let's listen to this track. This is John Cow with Clover Hills. Oh. 
left our memories as fading fast I guess it's just what we call life Sometimes I keep watching the sky And it's like you're right back by my side And that was Clover Hills by John Cow. Well, my voice is like been crackling the past few weeks. C-A-O is how you spell his last name. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, Alex Ellickson, and A Star Apart. You guys are pretty cool guys. And now uh, we're back with uh, the show. This is, of course, Beyond Synth. The John Cow stuff has sort of a more contemporary pop feel. This whole episode today, like, sometimes I have songs I put into the playlist and I always feel like this is uh, this one's a little bit different or whatever and sometimes I try and throw in one of those an episode and then today I just had a whole bunch where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to play them all. So all, all of the tracks I've picked today, I like them all but they all have sort of, there's something slightly different about them compared to the stuff that I uh, normally play on the show, I think. And that's fun to do every once in a while, man. Get your brain working, you know what I'm saying? So look, I have a message here. This one is from Caffeinated Pixels, okay? And he sent this to me on Patreon. You can, uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, you know, you can send me a letter there. And Anyway, Caffeinated Pixels says, Hey Andy, been a fan of the show ever since I tuned in to your interview with Master Boot Record, episode 181, which seems longer ago than it actually is. I'm not really a podcast or radio guy, but I've become super addicted to your show and have been slowly working my way through your back catalog, listening to interviews with my favorite artists and discovering a bunch of new ones along the way. In fact, the main reason I moved to the UK to Toronto last year was so that I could stalk you. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that I'm coming back to Toronto. <laughs> But because of this bloody lockdown thing, my night vision goggles and telephoto lens are currently sat in a cupboard collecting dust. Just kidding. Well, mostly. But hopefully when this thing blows over, I might bump into you down one of the local venues and then be too shy to introduce myself. Well, never be too shy, man. Uh, I don't know when the fuck that shit's going to (laughs) resume. So (laughs) maybe I'll see you in a year and a half. Um, I do have a couple boring questions for you about the show. Apologies if these have already been asked. One, when you interview an artist and play a track, do you both sit and listen to the track while recording it, or is it edited in later? Uh, yes, it is edited in later. All right, when we when I record interviews with the artists, the interviews usually go for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, and that's unedited. And so if we also listened to an hour of music and just sat there, it would be very silly. And uh, most of the time, they've heard their own music before. So yes, I do edit in later, although I do the throws to the songs with the artist. 
So I do the like, and now we're going to listen to, you know, fucking Neon Mailbox by fucking Postmaster 1986 or whatever. And then um, and then I just say, we're going to dub it in later. And then we just go right on with the next thing. So a lot of the time, one of the things I actually edit out of the show, because it wouldn't really make any sense, is the artist laughing. Because it always makes people laugh the first time when we start the interview because I'll be like now let's listen to fucking you know like Neon Bathtub by Soap Suds 85 or whatever and then there's like a pause and then just and that was Neon Bathtub by Soap Suds 85 you know and then it usually makes the people laugh and I have to edit that out because it wouldn't make any sense if they were laughing after we came back from their song you'd be like oh were they like saying something funny behind the scenes and nothing funny was said um anyways number two have you ever had an interview go badly such as the guest hanging up or taking offense at something you've said no nothing that bad I've had some interviews where people just didn't feel like talking And so then I sort of try and uh, sweeten the interview in the edit. I do that quite a bit, actually, for the show. Like, sometimes some people take a while to answer questions, or sometimes people aren't so talkative, or they they don't warm up for a little while. And so I'll edit the show to make it so you guys don't notice that. But I don't think I've ever offended anyone. Like, in life, I mean, this show is a conversation. So I think there have been times where I've said stuff that maybe I wasn't clear And the guest might be like, oh, what do you mean by that? Or whatever. And then I clarify my statement. And then in the edit, I remove the confusion part so that you don't hear when we weren't on the same page. But uh, I mean, I'm sure that's happened. Or I made a joke that they didn't get or whatever. And then I just fucking cut it out. But uh, no, I've never had anything like I've never had anyone hang up on me. But the night is young, caffeinated pixel. So who knows? Uh, But anyway, thanks for the letter, dude. And thank you for supporting the show. So now let's listen to another another track well this one is from dark room data now she also sent me this fucking last month or a month ago or two months ago i can't remember it's been a while and uh it's another interesting thing but i remember there's this this catchy sort of vocal hook in this song that uh, that i really liked again sort of a different sound than what i normally play on the show but i still thought it was pretty cool and hope you dig it and it is uh, brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the 25 dollar club well there's restless nights tim carlton johnny five and Ken. You guys are pretty cool guys. So that picture of you on your Instagram, Restless Nights, with those blue eyes, you look like a cyborg. Were those contacts? I think I tried putting in... Have I ever put in a contact in my eye? I don't think I ever have. God, I would look so fucking weird if I put in fucking blue contact lenses. Anyway, look, what what am I doing? Let's... (laughs) Let's listen to his track, man. This is Dark... This track. Let's listen to this track. This is Dark Room Data (laughs) with the track Dark Room Data.
right, and that was Dark Room Data with Dark Room Data. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. Listen, if you didn't hear earlier, Blake Peterson, this is especially important for you. I'm going to be moving back to the city, and so the next few weeks the schedule might be a little messed up. I'm just kidding. I, I, there's no reason to single out Blake there. I just thought it would be funny. So look, let's listen to... Let's listen to... Look, we just did. What? <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, I think Darkroom Data, they just have that one single out. Possibly the second signal. Signal will be single. Oh, my God. Here, let's listen. Let's read... Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right, Mr. Brain, you are failing. Okay, look. I got an email here. This is from Patreon supporter, new Patreon supporter, PAC, or PAC, and he sent me an email, and it says, Hey Andy, I have been following the show for a couple months now, and I've decided to support it for a little while. By the way, the thanking video that we got to see when supporting you on Patreon is just amazing. It made me laugh quite a bit. It was so unexpected. Very well played. Yeah, so, um, I guess this is something that only the Patreon supporters know, but there is a, there's like a thank you video I made, like when I first created the Patreon, so when you support the show, there's like a video that's only for people who support the show. I haven't seen it in a while, actually. I don't even remember what the joke was. There's a joke in there. Anyways, congratulations for the great show. I'm actually having a good time listening to the tracks you play, but also all the awesome interviews and family reunions that are actually pretty funny. (laughs) You say actually a lot as though it's surprising that this show is any good. (laughs) It's like, it's actually kind of good, and I actually enjoy it. Like... I'm used to getting all these letters that are like, ah, this show sucks and I hate it. He says, uh, in fact, I rarely enjoy when people talk in between music tracks, but you've got a unique way of doing so, which is entertaining, inspiring sometimes, and mostly funny. That's great for having a good time. Keep it up. And of course, I'm discovering many amazing new artists thanks to your show, and I love that. Also, your English and the way you talk is actually pretty crystal clear, which is very important for foreigners like the unlucky French that I am. Which means I'm one of your Pattersons now, right? LOL. That's because... That's an inside joke for Beyond Synth listeners. Um, Okay, talking of French, in your episode 248 family show trivia, you guys made me laugh so hard. When you say Jean-Christophe Leconte and Marco heard Le... Well, (laughs) we know what Marco heard. Uh, That was wild. Your pronunciation was almost perfect, actually, so Marco should pay you some respect. Florence's croissant was all right, too. Although the first syllable vowel could be closer to a hua, like... Croissant, if that makes sense. And the French R letter is a nightmare to pronounce correctly, so I will not bother her with that. Anyway, I digress. Looking forward to hearing more of your shows and your legendary laugh. All the best, P.A.C. Well, listen, dude, thank you for supporting the show, and thank you for writing a letter. You know, you guys can always write in letters if you want me to read them. I mean, you've listened to the show half the time between songs. I have nothing to talk about, so uh, (laughs) if you write me a letter, I'll read it. And more importantly... I'll play some cool music. So let's listen to some more music, all right? Here's a track from an artist called Glasnost. I think that's how it's pronounced. G-L-A-S-N-O-S-T from their album Maelstrom. What does Glasnost mean, actually? Hold on. According to dictionary.com. Oh, it's pronounced Glasnost. Glasnost? Glasnost. The declared public policy within the Soviet Union of openly and frankly discussing economic and political realities initiated under Mikhail Gorbachev in 1985. Or maybe Glasnost is just this guy's last name. Who knows? Anyways, let's uh, listen to this track. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there is the Ashley... The the Ashley Keegan. (laughs) 
There is the Ashley Keegan with the 2049 and Andy's laugh with the 20. And uh, now let's listen to this. This is Glasnost with half.
And that was Half by Glasnost from the album Maelstrom. And that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Bobson Due Diligence Hennings with the 1986, Rachel Buchelman with the 1985, Murat with the 1984. You guys have a, what is it called when you have a string of numbers that's in a row? There's a word for that and I forget what it is. Anyway, but I, uh, I dug that song. It kind of had like sort of a 90s, it was sort of like the music that I kind of listened to in the 90s that had more of the new wavy kind of sound, but it was more kind of like it had the 90s sort of stuff in there as well. Uh, you know I'm bad at explaining music. That's why I play it, so you can just fucking make up your own minds, if you know what I mean. And that's what I like, you know, all these people with all these different opinions, but we all come together with the love of the music. Oh, and I should say this. I'd like to point out, I'd like to give a special shout-out. Now, I know we mentioned him earlier, Mr. Jacob Wick, and he's also one of the awesome Patreon supporters and has been for a long time. And I gotta say something, because we met him on the show a few weeks ago, and I'd like to say that Jacob Wick is what I consider the example of the ideal temperament in a listener. And I'm going to tell you why. Lately, it seems in the world, there's more of the polarization and all this, and there's all these people being triggered, quote unquote. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people on both sides of political arguments who seem to accuse each other of being triggered and stuff like this. And people seem to be very sensitive. And that phenomenon occurs on uh, all political spectrums and opinion spectrums. And... Why I think Jacob Wick deserves a special shout out is because he is one of the, you know, longest running, you know, supporters of Beyond Synth on Patreon. And there are certain things on this show that I frequently criticize and make fun of. Now, one of them being like 90s, you know, pop rock music and all that crap. And whenever I talk about it, I always single out specifically acts like Hootie and the Blowfish and... Semisonic with closing time. That's like, that's my go to example is whenever I complain about the music I don't like the most, it's closing time. Like, that's the thing, right? Jacob Wick likes Semisonic. Jacob Wick has never written me a letter to complain about my point of view, to tell me that I'm wrong. And not only that, he has been one of the top tier donors of this show ever since the Patreon started. Because Jacob Wick has the ideal temperament, okay? We're not always going to agree on things. But I find there's people out there who can be very sensitive. And I don't like using the word triggered because I feel like there's like a political connotation with that word. But essentially, it's like the second they hear something they don't like, they immediately need to tell people, no, I didn't like that. I don't get what you said that for. Why'd you say that? You know, like they're very quick to jump to these things. And now when I see people who have that sort of that temperament and I see Jacob Wick, a guy who continues to support this show. And yet every few weeks, I literally bash things that he likes <laughs> that are close to. And it's not just fucking uh, semi-sonic either. Like, wasn't there another thing? I feel like when we talked, there was even another thing that I go off on all the time that he was like, was like one of the things he likes. But the point is, he enjoys the show. And so we all understand that we're going to have things we talk about that people disagree with. So that's why I just wanted to give Jacob a special shout out, because I have people who send me messages on Twitter and, you know, on Facebook and stuff and an email and they'll be like, oh, I didn't agree with this and I didn't agree with that. And I'm like, all right, you know, and uh, and I'm just letting you know, you don't have to do that, man. It's cool. It's all good. I've got friends I grew up with from childhood. And when we talk now, we agree on nothing. And I usually just fucking not even talk about it. That's my little special shout out. All right. So look, let's listen to this cool track by Robots with Ray Guns. And then we'll go to my conversation with Kelly Besh, a.k.a. King Protea. 
Oh, you know what? I think some mouse fucking stole my Lego. Oh, whatever. I'll talk about that on the next episode. But look, so this is another one, all right? I uh, I dug the vibe of this track. It kind of reminded me of some 90s stuff, some 90s kind of dance techno music, and I and I dug it, and I think you will uh, like it as well. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club. There is Prophet of Jupiter, Gus Velichek, Six Mil, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And uh, let's listen to this now. This is Robots with Ray Guns featuring... Now, this is the first time I think I've done this in my life. I actually messaged this guy. So I think it's pronounced Poco Cox. And I said, how do you pronounce your name? And he got back to me because, you know, I always fucking just try and guess like I've done this episode. And uh, his first response was, well, it's pronounced how it's spelled. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but there's see because you could also say Paco Cox right because P O K O Cox. Now I think it's Poco Cox. I told him I'm going to pronounce it using a long O sound, and he said that's fine. And I said okay. And so now we're going to listen to this song. This is Robots with Ray Guns featuring Poco Cox. This is over and over.
And that was over and over. And I'm saying mm, because it's over and then a capital N and then the word over again. Uh, by Robots with Ray Guns featuring Poco Cox from the album Savage Summer, which I just picked up. I know, I think Lucas sent me like the album art when it came out, and I feel like that was a while ago. I just picked it up like last week, I think. But you know the old saying, I'm a disorganized guy. All right, and nothing has changed. And I'd just like to say that that uh, song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Mads, Baron Christensen, Retro Serenade, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Lyle And we'll have to, uh, we'll go to be continued here. I'll, I will tell you that I think a mouse stole some Lego. I don't know if that's something that mice do, but I swear they took some of the Lego men. Because my kids had these Lego men, and they were down in the basement. There was, like, a little play area. And the next day, we went down there, and they were just like, where's my Lego man? Whatever. Both of them, my son and my daughter, both had different things they were playing with, and they are gone. And I don't know what a ghost would do with Lego men, and I don't know what a mouse would do with them, but somebody fucking moved the Lego men, and we have a mystery on our hands, all right? Anyways, uh, I hope you all have a lovely day. I don't know why I'm, I'm not ending the show. This should... <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the rest of the show. I hope you had a lovely day. Uh, so now uh, here is my conversation with Kelly Besh. All right. Well, I'm here right now with Kelly Besh. Am I saying that right? You are. Yes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I thought it would be good to have you on the show because um, a few weeks ago, I had uh, Alphabet Zero on, and then the following week, I had Star Runner on. Yes. Both of these artists featured your vocals, and so I felt weird. <laughs> you know, all these guys are sort of like speaking on your behalf, and meanwhile, you're the one providing the voice on all these tracks. And so I was like, well, we got to talk to Kelly, man. <laughs> so that that's what we're doing. Love it. Yeah, those guys are so awesome. So yeah, so I guess, I mean, I obviously found out about you by listening to the Alphabet Zero tracks, but I know you you provide vocals for other artists in the synthwave scene as well, and so we're gonna just play a bunch of random things throughout the show, and that's my only plan and my only note. That sounds good to me. Let's do it. So look, let's, let's uh, get to know Kelly here. How's it going? It is going well. Just... Trying to survive in the age of coronavirus, you know? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it is kind of weird, but it feels kind of like we should be used to it by now, but it just is such a weird thing that I don't know if we'll ever be used to it. So just trying to roll with the punches, man. Yeah, it, it does feel like punches. I've got kids. They, they're they going back to school, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's going to be a fucking thing <laughs> that I'm still trying yeah. to navigate. Totally. I think everyone here, I'm in Tennessee, and it feels like everyone is just kind of waiting right now. I suppose when this airs, we'll know <laughs> whether they're back in school or not. But it's just kind of so much is up in the air that it feels very unknown at the moment. Yeah, but look, man, I don't want to. I don't want to worry about all this. No, let's not bring it down. Yeah, we're here to have a happy conversation yeah. about music and singing and stuff. Yes. So, what's your deal? When did you start singing? Yeah. Well, let's see. Gosh. So I've been, I guess, musical for as long as I can remember. Uh, that started in piano for me. I took piano lessons as a kid and played classical piano all the way through high school and actually never, I was actually pretty terrified to sing for a long time. And I was like a pretty, not shy, but just pretty reserved person. And so I think I was just, you know, singing can feel like such a personal part of you or such an intimate part of you. So I think that was just a little bit intimidating for me. And it wasn't really until my senior year of high school that I started singing 
in front of people. I'd kind of been doing it like in the shower and like when my family would not be home, I would just like pound out at the piano some song or something. So when I went to college, I uh, moved to Nashville to go to college and kind of just, you know, Nashville itself is such a community of musicians. So just immediately, just by proximity, started writing with people and started singing with different people and just kind of like trying everything, like saying yes to everything that came my way. And since then, I have still done a lot of keys work, but I've kind of just found this love for singing. And I think when I was kind of able to start marrying my love of singing with my background in theory, (laughs) which is super nerdy, but like I am so obsessed with theory. And so exploring that as a vocalist has been really fun and has helped me to love singing even more. I can remember when I got my first gig as a background vocalist, it was so intimidating because I was like, why did this girl even call me? Like, how did she find out that I sing? I've never done this before. Like, of course I sing, but I've never been a background vocalist, like on a gig or anything. So doing that was so intimidating, but so fun. And I have loved doing stuff like that ever since. So yeah, that's a rough overview. (laughs) What is uh, keys work? Is that just like a piano for hire? Piano for hire. I do a little bit of like synthesizer work for hire, kind of depending on the style of music, but Mainly piano-based stuff, yeah. In what context? Like performing live with people? Performing live with people, yeah. I'll do some studio stuff as well, but at this point, everyone kind of who... who, If you're a producer, you pretty much know how to play keys, so people don't need that as often. But for live work, yeah. Don't do it as much... Well, don't do it at all right now, but don't do it as much (laughs) anymore as I um, have in the past, but I love playing keys live with different artists. I do it a lot with different pop artists in town. And also as a female vocalist who plays keys, that is an added bonus for a lot of people. Like if they can get two for the price of one. (laughs) Right. um, (laughs) So yeah. So I I take it then you can read music. Yes, I can. (laughs) Well, which means a lot of different things because with, you know, for gigging for keys, it's a lot of just reading chord charts, which isn't anything too crazy. And it's mostly just playing by ear, you know, picking out parts in a song and recreating them live for people. But yes, I do read music as well. This show I do here, it's sort of centered in and around the synthwave scene, and so there's a lot of uh, producers, but there's a lot of them that uh, don't read music. Right. Like, they just, you know, because you can make electronic music by just clicking around, and uh, (laughs) I can't uh, fault anyone. If they make cool music, I don't care how it's done, but obviously reading music is an actual skill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's helpful for communicating with people more than anything, I think. If someone, if I'm talking to someone else who can, especially if I'm working remotely with someone, which is often the case, especially with pretty much all the synthwave work I do. The Alphabet Zero is actually the only synthwave artist that I've ever worked with who I went to his studio and cut vocals like in his space. Everything else I've done is remote work. So it always helps when you can communicate with people that way, but it's, it's not always necessary depending on what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you can figure it out. Definitely. I took piano lessons when I was a kid and I never learned to read music. <laughs> so the, the best I did was to write the letters above. Yeah. You know, like, so I'd have like the chart that said F-A and, you know, just all the different notes. Yeah. And then have like a sticker on the keys that tells you like, this note is C, this note is D, that kind of thing. Yeah. I was so excited this one Christmas. I got this, uh, what's the time? I was, I was working at Toys R Us one year 
and uh, there was mm-hmm. a keyboard, and there was one that lit up, so the keys turned red, that, and then they teach you how to play songs. Sure, yeah. So that was cool. I was, like, trying to learn Moonlight Sonata. That's, like, I, I dig oh that song. Oh, my God. Classic, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Beethoven, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. That song's awesome. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's weird to call it an awesome song, but it is. It is, honestly. So I grew up playing classical music and reading music a lot, and then moved and went to college and was kind of burnt out on it in a way. Still loved music, but like that style, I had just been doing it for so long. But in quarantine, that's actually something that I got majorly back into and started practicing and playing classical music again every day. And it's funny because I have such a greater appreciation for that music now. I've always loved it, but I like now I'll pull out certain songs like Moonlight Sonata and I'll be playing and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like this is such a, it is a cool song. Like it's such an amazing piece of music. Speaking of music, I want to listen to some now. All right. Do it. So obviously there's all your collabs with the the synthwave artists that we're going to get to. However, I was listening back to some of your other stuff and you had an EP called Fierce Landscapes. Yes. And there is a track on there that I dug. It's called Are You Willing? Oh yeah. And, uh... We're going to listen to that right now. So this is just as Kelly Besh, right? That's what this album is? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So then this is Are You Willing by Kelly Besh.
And that was Are You Willing by Kelly Besh. And I'm here right now with Kelly Besh talking about music and stuff. So I uh, I was going through your catalog. So like a lot of your tunes, I mean, obviously I'm going to focus more on the kind of synthy things. Definitely. Because uh, that's what I do here. But obviously there's, you know, there's like kind of like indie pop vibes, kind of contemporary pop kind of vibe sounds, Americana and stuff. This album was a little bit different. I guess there was like some sort of, there was some synths and some other things going on. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what my question was. I feel like I had a question and then I lost it. Tell me about this album. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I can sense the question in even what you just said. So that (laughs) album, I released it, I think, in 2017, January of 2017. So it's been three years or maybe it was 2016. I don't know. You can look back in Spotify or whatever you're listening to it and find out. It was a few years ago, though. And that project was kind of just a result of... So as I said a little bit earlier, I used to do a lot of gigging and playing as a supporting role in a band for other artists and kind of got to this point where I was like, man, I have... You know, I love writing. I love writing for other people, but I have songs that I've written, obviously, that I like them. (laughs) I want to keep them for myself, and I think I should probably release them. So that album is kind of all over the map as far as the genre goes. Like, there is kind of this folky vibe on some songs. There's a synthy vibe on some songs, some blues and stuff thrown in there. And it was kind of just me giving myself permission to just do that. Because I did, I was like, man, should I, like, try to kind of narrow the scope a little bit as we were making that project and kind of just treated it and allowed it to be a launch point and like a this is me still kind of just figuring out what I like and figuring out my sound and I kind of knew that I would probably pick more of a lane after that project released but at the time I just loved all that and I still do love all those songs so much Are, Are You Willing is definitely one of my favorites from that project and I love pop music and synthy pop music especially so that one definitely fits the bill which I think it is why it was one of my favorites. But yeah, it was kind of just like an introduction to here's Kelly Besh. <laughs> so it's a little bit of everything. Do you play other instruments or is like piano the thing? I mean, piano is definitely the thing. I play like some guitar, but just, you know, chords. <laughs> yeah. Nothing crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. So then you were saying, uh, what is that? You hear that? Was that lightning? It's so weird because I heard like it's like this. It sounded like a thunder crash, but the sun is out. Oh, so weird. <laughs> this fucking year, man. <laughs> no, seriously. The weather has been weird, too, because like there was like these two days. Was it? It was in June or was it May? And and it snowed two days in a row here. And I know it's Canada, so people like make fun. <laughs> but um, it, uh, it snowed two days and it was in May. And the snow was like weird. It looked like uh, styrofoam balls. Oh, wow. Like little styrofoam balls. Like it wasn't like tiny flakes. Strange. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I, sh- I should preface then this. If I get disconnected from you, I guess there's a weird sunny out thunderstorm happening where I am. <laughs> I will. I hope that you are okay <laughs> and everything stays okay. Anyway, yeah, because you mentioned writing for other people. Mm-hmm. When you do that, is that lyrics as well? Is that music? Is it like co-writing? Like what kind of projects were you working on? Gosh, I've done everything. So co-writing, people sending me tracks to just top line. I've probably done that the most. It's not often that I will just create a musical composition and send it off to someone else to write lyrics for but sometimes like if I'm writing for myself and I get stuck like I'll bring in another writer to help me get unstuck I've written for friends projects other artists friends of mine or just for fun like with friends and the song doesn't matter if the song goes somewhere but awesome if it does type of thing I've done like 
different kinds of writing camps for different purposes. So it kind of always looks a little bit different. Top lining is when you write just the vocal part. Is that what that is? Yeah. Usually someone will send you a track, producer will send you a track and you can kind of just do whatever you want on it. Obviously with their (laughs) input as well, but yeah, you can just create the vocal on top of it. Right. So then what is it about a song that when you're writing a track, you go, this one I'm keeping for me? Ooh, good question. Depends probably on a couple things. Sometimes, um, especially if I'm just writing from a really personal experience, because writing in general, whether it's writing songs or journaling or like writing poetry has always been a a way that I process life. (laughs) So if I am going through something and write a song about it, that's just probably wouldn't make sense to anybody else or is from a super personal experience. Usually those are the ones that I'll keep for myself. So with my background in theory and loving theory, sometimes a song will just be kind of weird or like I will kind of just do something in the song musically or lyrically or melodically that someone else might not love, (laughs) but I like it. (laughs) It's really kind of the songs that I either like feel like I just want to be the one to say this or to put this out in the world. Um, Because some songs I write and I, I, I love them. And even if they are from a personal experience, I feel like, oh, someone else could sing this and it would still make sense. Like it could still translate. So I guess in a way it's a little bit unexplainable, but hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, yeah. And then writing camp, mm-hmm. is that the thing where you like you sit down and you're with a bunch of other people writing for an artist? Yeah, you get kind of paired off. You can have like two or three different rights in a day. So you get paired up with other people, like two or three other people or one other person. The idea is to kind of create a lot of material in a small amount of time. Sometimes in those camps, you get a full song or you get a great starting point for a song that someone can build off of later or you can finish later or you just get crap. That happens too and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's a good way to turn out a lot of material in a short period of time. If this is for like professional acts or whatever, do you have to be part of some kind of like songwriters union or something if you're participating in a writer's camp or can you be just a person, like a solo person? Yeah, I mean, I don't know of... A songwriter's union. So I know it varies a little bit by city. Like I think Nashville and LA especially have some different normalcies when it comes to songwriting, just different things that are common in one city versus another. But in Nashville, it's really just about who you know. So like you could meet someone at a party or at a coffee shop and like next thing you know, they're inviting you or you're inviting them to write or to a writing camp because they like you as a person or they heard something you wrote and they liked that and they said hey come try this thing out it's very relational so there are like publishing houses that have writers that the publishing house will set up rights so in that sense like you're kind of a part of a thing that is like a group that's a little more organized but oftentimes it's super organic which is cool well you know what else is cool is uh, listening to cool music. (laughs) So I want to, uh, sorry, I want to listen to this track. Now, this is one I think I played when I was uh, chatting with the Alphabet Zero, and this was, I think, the first song I heard Mm -hmm. with you in it. It's called The City is a Ghost by the Alphabet Zero featuring Kelly Besh.
Alphabet Zero with The City is a Ghost featuring Kelly Besh, and I am here right now with Kelly Besh. Yeah. I guess now we can get your uh, your side of this story, because obviously I, I found out about you through uh, the Alphabet Zero's work, so what's your um, your side? Of my relationship with Alphabet Zero? Yeah. You, you, you can dish the dirt now. He was all being like, oh, she's a nice person. You can be like, fucking Andy's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, Andy is honestly an angel. I know. I should say, I, I talked to him like when we were done recording and he was just talking about like his actual personal life. And I was just like, yes. oh, wow. Like you're like one of those like really good people. Yes. <laughs> like, and I can vouch for him because I also, we actually work the same day job as well. So I work with him um, and like he is the one of the most hardworking He's actually probably the most hardworking person I've ever met in my life. And he's also, this is rare for creative people, but he's so organized. So he, the amount of work that he is able to do because of his organizational skills is pretty astounding. And he is just such a solid person. And so it's been fun knowing him and being friends with him and also working with him and creating really cool music with him. So yeah, The City is a Ghost was I think the second song that I actually did with him because we did Friends Don't Lie. That was a while, a few years back. That was the first song I ever did with him. And he wrote the lyrics and the music and the melody and everything of that song. So I just came in and sang it. But then The City is a Ghost, he had started to write with his sister and he brought me in to finish the song. The only thing I helped with was the second verse because the rest of like first verse in the chorus they had and it was so such a cool song so that was super fun to work on that and kind of step into this like story that they had started to create and then just like bring some more perspective to i guess but yeah we had a blast working on that song yeah i just realized as i said that that friends don't lie was the first one i heard yeah. and, <laughs> and i just i want to make it clear now because i feel like i just lied <laughs> 
Yeah, because I never actually asked him about... I mean, clearly, like, lyrically, that song was about Stranger Things, the show. Yeah. But I never uh, confirmed that with him. It is, totally, yeah. <laughs> All right, the end. That's, <laughs> that's a, Settled. Yes, indeed, it is confirmed. So, uh, who, who are some of your favorite classical composers? Oh, my goodness. I think probably my all-time favorite is Debussy. I love that dude because he's so visual. Like, a lot of his music is very impressionistic so it feels like he creates something that you can see like with his music um which i love because i'm really visual and also he's just kind of emo some of his stuff is it's like so emotional and takes you just on this journey (laughs) there's something (laughs) there's something about using like when you do want to say something's emotional but you say emo it just does conjure sort of a different picture yes and honestly i did kind of mean it in that way too because i think (laughs) (laughs) no i think because i fell in love with wc in high school or like late middle school or something, which was like a little bit of an emo phase. Not as much as some people. I was not like super duper emo, but definitely kind of dramatic, you know? So that I think was a good backdrop for some of my my life experiences back then. So yes, emotional and emo. I meant them both intentionally. Okay. <laughs> How do you explain... This is a uh, sorry. This question is fucking stupid. But like uh, music theory, like when you talk about like loving music theory, like what is it that you're talking about? Yeah, I honestly love that you asked that question, and I love that we're spending so much time talking about music theory. And I hope that people aren't bored <laughs> by that because that's always my fear. I don't think people get too bored with it, but I know that I just love it more than a lot of people. But um, okay, as far as explaining music theory, gosh, it kind of depends on who you're talking to, I think, because everyone learns differently and everyone experiences music a little bit differently. So I think that I try to explain it in the way that I understand it, which is not always helpful for everyone. I think uh, actually something that's been really helpful for me as I've learned how to explain it better is, I don't know if you know anything about the Nashville number system. It's basically just taking a scale and assigning numbers to the scale instead of like letters or notes on a staff. So you just, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. So it's so much more easier to communicate that way because everyone understands numbers. It's like basically just substituting numbers for notes. So that's kind of uh like, I could go on about this for a long time. Wait, 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 wait. So, but they just do this in Nashville? No, so they do it a lot of places. I think it it's called that because it originated in Nashville. But um, basically, like, if you ever read a chord chart, a lot of people will make a chord chart with numbers instead of letters. So, like, for example, if you're in the key of C, C would be the one. So instead of saying, like, hey, we're going to play a C chord and then an F chord, they would say, hey, we're going to play a one and then a four. And it's especially easier for instruments that are not all in the same. Like if you're playing with horn players or something and you're not all in the same key technically, which that I'm not a horn player, so I don't totally understand all of that. But it's also a lot easier if you're going to transpose a song and like start playing it in a different key. You don't have to change all the letters of the chords because you're still using the You're just using numbers. The numbers just mean something different but you're still the same numbers. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so then, but then what is a sharp? 0.5? So like in in the key of C, there's no sharps or flats, but let's like, let's say the key of G, 
I don't know how much you know about music theory, but like... Oh, wait, oh, wait, okay, okay. So you're saying the, this number system always gets applied to chords? Yes, yes, exactly. So... Okay, so not notes. Not notes, yeah. So, okay. so in the key of C, like C, D, E, F, G becomes one, two, three, four, five. But say you switch it up and you're in the key of G, now G, A, B, C, D becomes one, two, three, four, five. So the number one is the number of the key that you're in. Does that make sense? <laughs> now everyone is asleep. Everyone is asleep. Now- <laughs> <laughs> no, it is interesting. I think the trick with um, with this show is uh, obviously because a lot of musicians listen. And so a lot of times they're very interested to hear about like gear and stuff that people use. But I find yeah. the reason why I don't talk about that stuff too often on the show, mostly because I'm a silly person. <laughs> But also, there's some aspects of this that are visual. Like when someone says, like, I really love my, you know, Korg M6 $8,000 keyboard or whatever. It's like, you don't really understand yeah. the power unless you actually see somebody playing it and flipping through the presets. And, and the same with music theory. you got to see the fingers on the keys. Yes. And I guess even you asking me, like, how do I explain it to people? It's a lot easier to explain when I can write something down and show it to yeah. you, <laughs> which we can't do on a show like this. So it becomes a lot easier that way. Yeah. But I tell you what we can do on this show is listen to cool music. So I'd like to play this track. This was one uh, you you featured on as King Protea. This is Signal Void. Yeah. And uh, this track is called Find You featuring King Protea. Oh, yes. Did I say that right? I actually say it Protea. But Protea. honestly, you could be right. That's just how I say it. Well, I want to say it your way. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's a flower that already exists that's where I got the name. And I think that's how you say it, but I'm sure people say it both ways. Well, we'll say it your way. <laughs> we'll listen to the song first. Anyway. <laughs> Forever. But I'm not, 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 I'm not,
right, and that was Signal Void with Find You featuring King Protea. And I'm here right now with Kelly Besh, who is technically King... Pro- Wait, so, because you <laughs> featured as Kelly Besh on some things, now you're featuring as King Protea. Is King Protea just you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> I... Uh, it is my alter ego, but it is just me, yes. I featured with the Alphabet Zero, and then Star Runner features were also in that same time frame. And then I started getting other... I just started having more opportunities to feature on Synthwave stuff. And I, at the same time, was kind of going back to my first album, Fierce Landscapes. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, do I ever want to release my own songs again? Or was that just kind of a one-off project? And I kind of was like, you know what? I feel like it would be just better if I kind of created a different persona for this synthwave stuff because it'll allow me to create another more dedicated brand and honestly it would be kind of fun to create like a persona in that world so that is why i started king protea but yes technically it is just me (laughs) so why uh why king protea what does it mean Mm. i mean you said it was a flower it's a flower yes and it's a flower that i think is just so dope so that is it looks so cool like if you've never seen one you should totally google it there's a lot of different kinds but they're like just they're really big and they are spiky kind of so they're just kind of unique as far as flowers go but I had a few ideas for what I should name this project and just some different things rolling around in my head and I kind of thought that King Protea was like a cool like obviously I'm a female And king has like a male connotation. So it's kind of this funny like play on that as well. And just a little bit mysterious, I think. Kind of just a fun thing to play around with. But mostly I just thought it was a cool name. (laughs) Nothing too deep there. So in the future, if you feature on more Alphabet Zero tracks, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Is it going to be Kelly or is it going to be Protea? I'm not sure because... I have obviously now this like history with the Alphabet Zero as Kelly Besh, but I have this new thing also. So I I think when it comes down to it, depending on what his next release is, and if I do another release with him, which I would love to, um, but depending on what it is, I think just that will determine which way I'll go with it. Also, King Protea right now is pretty new still, but if it goes well and which it seems to be and gets a little more established i think it could be cool to pull in the alphabet zero on that side of the project and just kind of keep going with that how does that change the way that you i mean i don't know what your process was with some of these other artists whether or not like if you were writing lyrics as well but does it change like when you're in protea mode do you like (laughs) do you try and put a synthwave hat on or something when you come up with lyrics are you still pretty much writing the same kind of stuff you would had you been playing you know like americana i definitely put on a synthwave hat and it kind of depends on who i'm collaborating with as well so everything that has come out thus far under the King Protea name I have written the lyrics and melody except for my latest release with Fury Weekend which only in my dreams he wrote the lyrics and melody and everything for that so for writing for those other guys though definitely put on a synthwave hat and for Signal Void for example he already has this kind of story with his artistry that he has built up so I kind of just tried to join along with that and try to help continue that narrative of what he already had built versus um moon runner 83 the in my head song that i did with him 
he kind of just totally gave me freedom to take that and run with it. So that one is a little more me as far as just what I would say. <laughs> that one is, I guess that one is less of a synthwave hat per se, and just more kind of, that was more open-ended, if that makes sense. So it kind of depends on the artist that I'm collaborating with. Because if I'm featuring on a track of theirs, I ultimately want to serve their purposes. But if they give me kind of full reins to do whatever, I'll take it and run with it. And I guess like the Signal Void, it's more of like a cyberpunky kind of vibe as well. Exactly, yeah. So, which is cool to kind of like, it was a fun, the first track I did with him, I remember like getting the, just kind of what he was looking for. He like a brief, I guess you could call it. <laughs> I don't know. And I remember reading it and being like, oh man, like this is a little bit of a creative exercise for me to insert myself into this world and write from this standpoint. But it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I use the word like Americana and stuff sometimes, and I, I don't know if I fully understand what that means. Like whenever I hear it, I just picture like a guy with a guitar. <laughs> That's what I picture, you know, like that. But I, I don't know if there, I mean, obviously there's got to be more to it than that. Definitely. I think if you had talked to me five years ago, I would have thought that my artistry might go in a more Americana direction. And I still love Americana music, but I definitely in this season of my life anyways, I love pop. And I lo I've definitely leaned more that direction. So Americana, I think just the writing style is more based on the storytelling aspect, which every song, you know, you're telling a story, but Americana is very much the lyrics and the story that you're telling through the lyrics is the focal point. And I feel like in pop, that's still true. And in synthwave, that's still true, but it's almost more about the delivery of the vocal. So if your vocal is like very cool and rhythmic and like layered and just even, you know, catchy melodies, like that's more important than unfolding every detail of the story you're telling, you know? Does that make sense? That would be my take on it, at least. Yeah. I like that you refer to it as the season of your life, like your life is a television show. <laughs> I say that a lot, and I've never really thought about it that way. <laughs> like, what season is this? Is it literally like the season that's your, your age? It's season four. We're in season four right now, I would say. <laughs> well, that's still good. Season, usually usually shows go to shit in around like season five or six. <laughs> Hopefully this season lasts a long time. It can be one of those long seasons that's got like 60 episodes. Right. <laughs> but look, listen, I want to listen to some more music. So uh, maybe we'll listen to another Alphabet Zero track. Sure. This was one called uh, We Will Find A Way. Yeah. Which is a cool song. And uh, we're going to listen to that right now. This is Alphabet Zero with We Will Find A Way featuring Kelly Bash.
was the alphabet zero with we will find a way featuring kelly bash and i'm here right now chatting with kelly bash tell me about this one so yes we will find a way let's see so we will find a way was super fun and i want to make sure i'm getting this right i believe so i did not write this one but i think andy uh the alphabet zero had this song from like a past band that he was in <laughs> and i think he resurrected i'm pretty sure it's this song he resurrected it for for this project and it turned out so cool i could probably say this about every song on that project um i love all the songs and i could probably say that they're all my favorite but genuinely i think we will find a way is probably my favorite with how it turned out i am so obsessed with it it has such a like sweet sound and it was so much fun to sing as well all of the ad-libs at like the end of the song in the last chorus um i remember doing them and singing them at the studio and i usually like to just like sing a bunch of crap at the end of a song and just tell the producer like just do whatever you want with this stuff like you don't have to use any of it or use all of it i don't care and i always love listening later to see where they landed with it and what they used and what they didn't use. Cause I'll just sing like ridiculous stuff, like super high notes for no reason. And like, whatever, <laughs> I'll just go off. So it's always fun to like hear how they use it. And it was so much fun to listen to how Andy incorporated all that stuff at the end of that track. It was really fun to cut that one. Yeah. 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 So look, it sounds like your life is pretty, uh, like music focused. Like what do you do for fun when you're not, uh, <laughs> writing or in workshops, writing with people or writing for other people or writing for yourself? Or- yeah. I genuinely just love music so much. So it's my career and my hobby, you know, but I've tried to also have hobbies outside of that, that are not musical because it can just be a lot sometimes. So I, I love cooking. <laughs> That's one of my number one hobbies. It's also probably one of the number one ways that I decompress. Um, it's really relaxing for me. Like I started making my own pasta noodles and like just ridiculous stuff like that, that no one should take the time to do, but I like to do. <laughs> I need to learn more like cooking theory. Yes. That's the thing that I need because I cook poorly, but I always make like the same meals. And then the other day, we got one of those, just as an experiment, you know, those meal delivery things like uh, like Blue Apron and, you know, those sorts. Where yeah. they, so they sent us a bunch of bags of, of 
different meals. And so it started to make me think differently about stuff because obviously I was, I was cooking things I'd never cooked before. Yes. It was interesting because like, I don't have the know-how, like, you know, when you have a bunch of ingredients and like, mm-hmm. like oh, I can <laughs> fry up the corn with a honey glaze and then put a bit of vinaigrette on it and it'll be this, this thing, or I can caramelize this fucking cucumber or whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying words, but like, so it, that was interesting to me. Uh, but the meals took so long. Like they all said like, oh, you can get this done in 25 minutes. And then it took me like two hours. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Cause like you, you know how to cook with the things that you know. Right. And then when you go to cook something you don't know anything about, and then you, you watch, like I watch a bunch of cooking YouTube videos and everyone in the videos is like flying through the recipe and it's done like so fast or they just make it look so effortless. And then I go to try to do it and I'm like effing it up everywhere and just, it takes me forever. And they're talking about things. They're like, oh yeah, you know, like the chemistry of the gluten and the way that it interacts with this, you know, what I'm like, I don't understand any of that side of things. I just kind of wing it. There's so much to it. Such a beautiful thing. Some of the words, like I, I, I don't think I ever even understood what they meant. You know what I mean? So like, I'll watch like a cooking video and be like, Oh, like they just see like, and now we're going to marbleize the apple, whatever. And we're going to make a fritter out of this. I can't even fake my way through it. I I believe you can marbleize an apple. That sounded Um, good. I don't even think, isn't marbleize, you do it with meat, right? I don't think you can do that with an apple. I think now that you say that, yeah, I think you're right. So that's one thing. Like I wish, I wish I was... I had more of that knowledge because that does seem like a very useful skill to have. Like, you know, when you only have like three things left, because when, when I, when I'm low on ingredients, I don't know how to improvise. Like I can't go like, Oh, if I, if I pour sugar on this carrot and put it in the frying pan, I'll make like a French, you know, sugar carrot. God. (laughs) With <laughs> some fancy French name, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> or or like I just came up with French sugar carrots. <laughs> that is, <laughs> I bet that exists. That's the thing is like all the things that you're like, no, that would never work. It like someone has done it and made it work. You know? Yeah, I imagine the French would use actual French words to describe. It. What would that be? I can carrot de sucre, something like that. It'd be oh, yeah, there anyway, you go. whatever. <laughs> but the point. is... <laughs> So do you have like a favorite dish? Have you been like, has quarantine made it so you're, you're spending more time trying to cook stuff? Like, do you, are you a recipe person or do you like to improvise? I am a little bit of both. I love recipes. Like that's another part of the hobby for me is, you know, just scouring the internet or like my mom's old cookbooks or something and like finding recipes that look interesting and making them. And there are some recipes that I will make just the exact same way forever because they're just so good. But there's some recipes that I'll make them and I'll be like, oh, that was good. But I wonder what would happen if I like did this instead of this. And like usually it's something that's not too complicated. It's like, what if I used zucchini instead of carrots, you know, or like what just something simple like that. But I'll get a little creative, like within the confines of a recipe. But I love cooking Italian food right now. I love And I think the reason is because I love eating Italian food. Yeah. So figuring out how to cook it has been really fun because the reward is wonderful. What I should do is I never pay attention to what I'm doing. (laughs) So I I don't learn any lessons. You know what I mean? Like what I should do when I cook is actually like write down or or document in some way what I did. Yeah. I don't do that, so I never learn, and I make the same mistakes every time. Like, whenever I'm making spaghetti, I always make too much. I've been making, like, spaghetti for years, and I still 
don't quite know how much serves how many people. <laughs> and like every time I go, oh, I want to get one of them spaghetti measures you can get on Amazon where it's a bunch of circles, like in a stencil that you push the spaghetti through. And <laughs> anyway, sorry. All right, look, let, <laughs> let's listen to another song. <laughs> let's do it. Well, I had this track. I, I wanted to play the Fury Weekend one, but now I feel weird because like... I've, I've just played two tracks in a row that you didn't really write. I don't know if that makes you feel weird. Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Go for it. It's a great <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, so let's listen to it. This is, uh, this is Fury Weekend with Only In My Dreams featuring King Protea.
And that was Fury Weekend with Only in My Dreams featuring King Protea. And I'm here right now with Kelly Besh, a.k.a. King Protea. Yeah. Talking about cooking. Talking about cooking. Talking about life. All of the above. Yeah. I love that track. That one was also super fun to cut. Yeah. Like you said, I didn't write it, but it's such a cool song. Fury Weekend sent it to me. And this kind of stuff is always so fun, especially like as a female getting a track like that from a male producer. So in order to like tell me that like what to sing, it was him singing (laughs) the song. Just the difference in vocal ranges was just very different. (laughs) So it was funny to kind of take this like deep voice song and then me sing on it and have like this floaty female vocal instead. You didn't try and go down and go like... about it (laughs) but it would have been a totally different vibe if i had attempted that (laughs) so i went up instead (laughs) because i noticed that some of these are all like kind of fixed neon people so like Mm -hmm. is is there some sort of connection there they are the glue that holds all of the king protea features together (laughs) um they connected me with all those guys so they found me after they reached out to me i should say after a lot of my collaborations with the alphabet zero and star runner were out in the world and so they're the ones that connected me with signal void and fury weekend and moonrunner 83 and cassetter and made those tracks happen so then where do you i mean do you have a uh, a studio at your place to record i do actually i am um married to a producer so that comes in pretty handy (laughs) with his enlist his help so perfect actually all of the vocals for all of these songs were cut at our house so yeah wait did you have does he have like a proper studio with like the foam on the walls and stuff so yes and no (laughs) proper in the sense that yes he does have a pretty good sound treatment system going sound panels and all that kind of stuff and no in the sense that we live in an apartment right now, so our studio is our um, also our living room. Nice. Until yeah, the goal is to get into a house in the next couple of years and build out like an actual space for a studio, um, like a dedicated space for that. But it is currently also a multi-purpose area, but it works really well. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I uh, my wife has to put up with uh, like I, I also do like this video series that's essentially like a talk show. And so for the longest time, our living room half of it was a talk show set. Yeah, where like literally it's like a, a wall with stars and a sun and my talk show desk and like <laughs> the logo for the show. Yeah, and stuff. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, what does your husband do then? Is he, is he like a does he make music or is he producing other people's stuff? Yeah, he um so he's a full-time producer um he is producing other people's stuff i would say that he's a great writer he doesn't love to write so he really loves like well i say that and then i say i take it back it depends on what he's writing like he loves making beats he loves composing that's actually his background is composing and arranging but he works with a lot of artists as well so yeah does a lot of production work for other people and other projects I guess it makes it easier than like when you are actually like recording vocals where you actually just can have yeah. someone else there like an engineer so you can just focus on singing instead of like running back to the computer every two seconds. Yes, yes, which I have done before and it is definitely helpful to have, especially because like he knows my voice really well by now. So 
he knows how to coach me, um, which is really helpful to have like a second person there listening to what I'm listening to because I can get really in my head about certain things. So it's always helpful to have like an outside perspective and yeah, it works out pretty well. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, look, how about this? Why don't you pick a track? Yeah. And then we can sort of wind this down and we can like say goodbye, but maybe you pick a track and then we'll uh, say goodbye. Yeah, that sounds great. You know what? Why don't we... Um, we haven't listened to any Star Runner yet. Why don't we listen to? Oh gosh, let's listen to Almost Star Runner featuring Kelly Bash. Perfect. All right, this is Star Runner with the track Almost featuring Kelly Bash. <laughs>
And that was Star Runner with the track Almost featuring Kelly Bash. And I've been talking with Kelly and uh, having a good time here. So, um, yeah, we can probably say goodbye. But is there something you want to say about that? You want to say some nice things about Star Runner? Emmett? I could go on for a long time about Star Runner as well and nice things to say about that dude. He was so awesome. I have really fond memories of working on <laughs> that project too because he reached out to me while I was in Iceland a couple years ago, which was just, I mean, if you've never been to Iceland, it's stunning. It was like one of my favorite places I've ever been in my life. So that's just happy memories. But I actually started writing that song while we were in Iceland. So every time I hear it, I think about being there which is super fun. Yeah, he was so fun to work with and is just such a great dude as well. We kind of got to know each other a little bit during that process and just going back and forth, talking about the music, but then just talking about life and as and stuff like that as well. So yeah, he's a fantastic guy. Had a lot of fun working on that project. Were you just vacationing in Iceland? Yeah. <laughs> um, my husband's family loves to travel. Well, my family does too, but his family like really loves to travel. So pretty much all of them had always wanted to go to Iceland. And at the time, we were just dating so I just got lucky and got to go along with them on this trip and yeah just for fun we were just vacationing there it was magical very beautiful place well that's cool my dad loves traveling and so like my the front end of my life was really travel heavy yeah it's like the first like 17 years like we traveled all over the world but then I haven't traveled since oh wow so it's been really weird because like when I was a kid I'd been to over like 26 countries I'd been like all over the place wow and then I haven't been in a plane since like 1998 so like I I don't even think so (laughs) so it's really weird I, I ironically got my passport this year. This has been like a running joke on this show because I haven't had my passport. That's funny. And uh, it Are is you funny. Do you have travel plans in the works? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Did you, were you supposed to go, so, like, was there a reason that you just decided to get your passport or was it just kind of like a, I suppose I should type of thing? There was going to be like a synthwave event in, uh, where the fuck is it again? <laughs> New, not New Jersey, near New Jersey. Okay. Um, anyway, whatever. Somewhere. There was a, there was a thing going on. It's called like Neon Retro Fest and uh, a lot of artists from all over the world like kind of go there and it's 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 more like um i mean i didn't go to, to the previous ones but it's sort of a different vibe it's sort of like it's like at, held at a hotel mm. and so it's more kind of about i mean people are still performing but it's kind of just mingling as well like with people from the scene and yeah. that's what i would have done but uh i don't know man all these new changes in place to travel like i feel like i'm gonna be really anxious like because mm. i haven't been in a plane in so long since so many of the changes happened that i don't think i'm really prepared yeah. for them yeah totally it's a lot. So that's going to be weird because last time I was on a plane, like you could still bring shampoo with you and stuff. Like I was in a plane a long time ago. Yeah. You could probably smoke a cigarette or something back then, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Well, yeah. I mean, like I've obviously been on planes where there was smoking yeah because it was a it was a long time ago maybe maybe by 97 smoking wasn't cool in a plane yeah i should look that up but definitely it's gonna be really weird when it's just like getting in a plane now and like put on a gas mask or whatever the hell they're gonna make us do (laughs) like all this weird (laughs) stuff sit in this giant mitten and put these gloves on your hands and do all this stuff and (laughs) don't look at anybody it's gonna be weird yeah anyway look the (laughs) <laughs> the point is, I'm trying to wrap this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I keep asking you questions. <laughs> That's okay, but um, yeah, but it was uh, it was nice to meet you and keep on. Uh making cool stuff so is there anything that's uh, in the works or king protea has had a bunch of features but i'm uh working on some just 
solo King Protea stuff as well. So I'm super amped about it, actually. Don't have a release date or anything yet, but it'll be coming soon. I think I'm actually, my goal is to work with a few different producers, but to, yeah, write everything and produce some of it myself probably or at least some of the framework for it but yeah so it'll be it'll still be synthwave but i think it'll be a little bit different than some stuff that's already out there so i'm kind of excited to just try some stuff and see what happens yeah well that sounds great i mean i obviously uh i've been doing this show for many many years and so it's always nice to hear like different yeah (laughs) like that's that's what i crave you know yeah totally yeah i'm excited about it cool well i'm excited too and i hope uh i hope you have an awesome uh nashville day you're in nashville right yeah i am yeah thanks (laughs) thank you so much for having me this was super fun yeah and i look forward to uh hearing more king protea and possibly kelly besh on alphabet zero depending on if you work that out we'll find out i suppose (laughs) Yeah, I'll keep you posted. All right. Well, you have a lovely day, and uh, we'll. Uh, I was gonna say we'll talk to you soon. We probably won't talk to you soon, but we'll we'll definitely listen to your awesome music when you put it out. That sounds good. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, and that was my chat with Kelly Besh, aka King Protea, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. She's uh, made some cool music, man, and uh, contributed to some cool things. So uh, go check her out. And that is, I think, the end of this week's show. So just a quick reminder: uh, you know, if you want to support the show, you can always go to Patreon.com/slash/BeyondSynth, or you can go to BeyondSynth.com and click on the PayPal donate option. The PayPal option on the website actually does have a way to do monthly donations similar to Patreon does. So you can like click a little drop down menu and if you are, anyway, just <laughs> it's just if you want to, okay? And just a quick reminder that next week's episode might be a few days late because it's going to take us days to fucking organize our shit to leave and then it's going to take us days to organize our shit when we get there and then I've got to reset up everything and it's going to be a big fucking hubbub. So uh, forgive me if next week's episode is a few days late, um, but it's, uh, it's a good one. It's fun. So you're going to dig it, all right? I'm saying that and I haven't even recorded it. I <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. This has been Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And uh, tune in next time and have a lovely weekend. And week. Both. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.